0: Hello, kia and welcome to In Pursuit of Purpose with me, your host, Tim Jones, the Grow Good Guy. Wow, so that one, another firecracker. I thought uh, Michelle Sharp's interview was good, but I, I hate to say it, Michelle, I think Catherine has pipped you on this one. This is a really cool one. We go really deep on purpose on this one. And this is exactly what I wanted this podcast to be about. So I'm super excited. We go really deep here with Catherine on her journey in pursuit of purpose and getting really clear on what is purpose and what isn't purpose. And why this, this idea of purpose is so important uh, for you as an individual and if you're a, a business owner, business leader, why it is absolutely vital you get your head around this. And I think Catherine goes a long way to helping us unpack this. So yeah, sit back, relax. Get yourself your cup of tea or we have had uh, feedback from one viewer. Her preference was the gin and tonic, depending on what time of day you're in and, 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 and where you're at. But yeah, sit back, put your feet up, relax and check this amazing interview with Catherine out. Please do give me some feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on your journey uh, going in Pursuit of Purpose or any feedback on you, your thoughts from listening to me and Catherine talk today. Go well and keep going in Pursuit of Purpose. Yes, and so with me today is Catherine van der Merlen. So a good morning, as it is good morning, I hope, uh, to Catherine. Good
1: good morning, depending on where you are in the world. Yes, good morning.
0: And what time you might be listening to this podcast. (laughs) So there we go. Um, Lovely. So Catherine, I guess the reason I was really intrigued to uh, get you onto my podcast, um, A, you are an amazing human um, and you're doing some really cool things. Um, but I also feel you've got a pretty cool backstory um, in terms of how you came to being, I guess, more purposeful in your life. Mm. Um, and I know uh, maybe towards the end, we will talk about some cool things that, well, you're scheming on, but you've managed to rope mm. me in on the schemes as well. So that's all pretty cool. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so maybe just for those, I'm sure most people will know who you are, but for those few people sure. who've been living in, you know, under a rock or in a cave, Um just yeah, who are you, and what's a bit of your backstory? What, what what got you
1: to sure. where you are? Yeah, so uh, you can probably tell by my accent, I am an, an Aussie living in New Zealand. So hailing originally uh, from Sydney with a with a Dutch background, and I'm discovering that there are a lot more Dutch uh, in New Zealand. There must have been a good migration policy uh, many moons ago. So it's really nice to see the Dutch contingents over here. Totally. Well, with, um, with, with we, able Tasman, you
0: can't go, you know, not getting, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get more Dutch.
1: <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's probably why they all ended up in the Marlborough. Um, but, yeah, we've been living in New Zealand for the last year, but I guess in the lead up to that, uh, working in my family business for about 15 years. Uh, and I, you know, I went, I started to go on that purpose journey because I really discovered in hindsight after we sold that business what that business looked like with purpose and what that business looks like without purpose and I really wanted to understand what were the kind of key fundamentals of that and I think at the time also I was reading lots of Robin Sharma books um, and he was very much on that purpose journey and I then started to um, develop a a program for teenagers in schools called Discover Your Purpose because I thought if I'm only really discovering my purpose, well, I actually thought back then I was starting to discover my purpose and I probably think I probably wasn't at all. Um, and I thought if I, need to, if I had to go on this journey to discover my purpose, how could we support more teenagers to go on that uh, journey to discover their purpose? And so while I was propped up in bed just giving birth, after I gave birth to my son, had lots of time on my hands, as you do when they're newborns. Um, And I started to write a program called Discover Your Purpose, which was about supporting teenagers. And I facilitated that in two very different areas, one quite uh, an underprivileged area in Sydney and one a very wealthy area in Sydney. What I realised was, you know, kids had the same issues, uh, teenagers had the same fundamental issues, uh, and they really didn't know what they wanted to do with their lives. And it was about supporting and educating them to go on this purpose journey, to find what they truly loved, what they were passionate about and what they were interested in and going on that journey and actually building a career, in adverted commas, if you can even call it a career in the 21st century, a career or a life that actually was very um, purpose-led. But then I ended up in an organisation that wasn't um, practising what I was forever preaching about Um, and I worked in that role in Sydney. Uh, for a number of years and I built really great um, relationships but I was looking back at that one New Year's Eve as we always do and we set our New Year's resolutions and I said this year I want to work within an organisation or um, my own organisation that's really built around my purpose Um, and then a year on from that made the decision to move to New Zealand and I sat back living in Marlborough with a bit more time on my hands and reflecting on how I wanted to live and what was important to me And went back on the journey to really understand my values, embed my values, and then build an organization that were based around my values. And interestingly, what happened in the last year was that I then only started to attract people into my life that had similar values, that were on a similar journey. And we all wanted to go on that same journey together to support and empower each other. So that's probably been my journey to date around the purpose piece.
0: Very cool. Um, I like the way that you kind of just say, you know, you're part of a, a family business, but that family business was...
1: <laughs> the family business was Supre.
0: <laughs> so it's just a little one.
1: <laughs> a large fast fashion business. Um, I look back, obviously, in hindsight and, uh, and shake my head at the fast fashion world and truly don't believe in fast fashion. I think it's obviously since selling that uh, business and educating myself on the truth of uh, fashion that I now go, God, what were we doing? Mm. Um, but, you know, we are a lot wiser, I would say, these days and a lot more education and you can't you can't unsee and you can't unlearn some of those things that you learn the truth about um, industries. And once you have that truth and once you do learn what that is, you need to be able to follow your heart and follow your values. And that certainly wasn't aligning to my values and probably why I always was in conflict
0: in that business because it wasn't aligned to my values. That's that for me is the really interesting part because this is the common theme that I find um, with people going through the, you know, the pursuit of purpose journey is that at some point something happens and there's a, there is this like real epiphany, and, and I, I use epiphany with the semi-religious connotations because I think you do have this awakening, and it's like literally, oh my god, h- how did I not see everything that I've just been a part of? Um, mm-hmm. And that's really really interesting. Like f- for me, there was a very specific moment. Like I, I remember it clear as day. Um, do you, was there a specific moment for you, or did, or did it just kind of creep up on you over a, a series of events?
1: It probably did creep up on me. And I think as I educated myself and I, oh, actually, no, there was probably quite an epiphany moment when I realised that my values, I'd been appointed to uh, a CEO role of another fast fashion business. It was based in Queensland. I was based in Sydney. I had a four-month-old baby when I I joined this business and I was travelling every Monday morning at 4am up to Queensland. And there was a point where... um, there was a program being run called um, for the fashion revolution and the pro and the campaign was to wear your clothes on the inside out to show that you're in support of being transparent about where your clothes were made. Nice. Uh, the fashion, the fashion revolution and this organization at the time didn't want to be a part of that campaign. And I truly believe that was probably my light bulb moment. Cause I was like, but why don't they want to be a part mm. of that campaign? Why don't they want to share the truth of where their products yes. are, are made and being transparent? Three months later, the investor pulled out of that business, and my role was made redundant. Mm. And I came back to Sydney with my head between my ta- tail between my legs, and I was like, "Holy hell, what am I doing?" I, you know, have come from the fast fashion world, um, you know, now being made redundant from this from this role. And what am I going to do with my life? And I went to a conscious capitalism event and I went to a B Corp event and I was like, hallelujah, I (laughs) have finally found that because someone had said to me, you need to find organizations that have the aligned values to you. And I was like, I didn't really even know what my aligned values were. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to go and discover what's important to me. And I think also when you have children, your head changes about that because you go, where am I going to spend my time if I'm not able to spend it with my children full time? Not that I would want to spend all that time with my <laughs> children. <laughs> if I'm really being truthful, um, if I'm taking that time away from spending that with my children, I want to make sure that I'm spending that time in the most valuable way that I'm working for good people, around good people, with good people, for good people. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I don't want to wait. I don't not I don't want to waste my time working with schmucks
0: anymore. 100%. Um, and, and that, you know, the birth of um, our daughter, um, I, I, mm. know, me and my wife, that that was a pivotal moment for me. It was, mm. from, and I think it's interesting. I think the male-female experience of having a child is is different, um, mm, clearly. Definitely, um, yep. And, and my, my take is, uh, from my experience, is that, you know, my wife, she became very... Um, you know, that that mothering protection, protection driven instinct, like was there literally overnight. And it's like, it's, Mm. it's about making sure, you know, this baby has everything that it needs around it in the house. But for me, my focus went massively externally. And it was like, Oh, my God, like, what, what, what am I doing? I'm working in an industry that is not values aligned that is actually causing some horrendous outputs um mm-hmm. and i'll put a link to my backstory in the medical world rather than chewing up time talking about that um but for me it was like well, what What am i doing to contribute to the bet to a better world that my daughter's going to inherit one day and that was mm-hmm. that was like a real moment for me um yeah so it's interesting Interesting. So, Because y- had... I had
1: always thought, you know, I had always thought and fantasised about my children, you know, us carrying the family business through mm-hmm. and my children taking it over. And I was like, and in hindsight, I'm like, I'm actually really happy, although I've done a lot of grieving about it, that I've, I've found a place of peace about it, that we sold mm-hmm. the business. And now it's somebody else's journey because yep. actually I, I don't want to pass that legacy onto my children because i'm not proud of that industry in any way shape or form because it doesn't do you know there's only small parts of it that are doing the right thing by the world um and i don't want my children to be a part of that so that was you know another great highlight moment of realization totally the grief
0: uh, and it's i mean it's, uh, i love that you're saying grief because because for me i you know this this is the thing this is the, the journey and it's this to, to to really get to purpose and i want to just dip into a couple of things you mentioned what one was where you said like you kind of thought you had purpose but it wasn't really purpose because i mm-hmm. think that's that's a real risk for a lot of people and i think there's a lot of um right now you know in new zealand uh 2020 you know it's, it's going to be the year of purpose and i think there's a lot of people mm. selling snake oil purpose it's like any any new boom industry you know everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon um but i guess that before that um I guess the topic that you you touched on there is this idea of sacrifice. It's like the, the me who I am is, is fitting badly into the world that as I see it and I have to create a new version of me and to go and do that, you know, it's, it's the Phoenix. You have to burn off the feathers that, you know, <laughs> aren't supporting you and not letting you fly. And I think yeah. that, that's, that for me is one of the crucial parts of the purpose journey. And if and if you haven't done that and you're not willing to do that, I think that's where you end up in this false purpose, like the phony purpose where it's like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Life's all good. I kind of have some values and I think I'm doing OK. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, just maybe just explore that kind of, you know, so you sure. kind of had this idea of purpose popped up and, and then you kind of thought you had your purpose, but it wasn't. What? Just tell me a bit more well, about I- that.
1: Yeah, I think the purpose piece is an an ongoing um, an ongoing journey. I don't think you get to this place and you go, "Okay, I've got my purpose. I'm done. I'm exactly, gonna the, I'm going to pack that <laughs> yeah. away and my I'm drop. just going to live on it every day." Um, but I think it kind of it un what's the word I'm looking for? It the flower opened when I connected and understood who I was. Yes. And who I truly was as a person, yes. <laughs> not by who my parents created me to be, not by who they wanted me to be, not by who my teachers wanted be, me to be, not by who my ex-husband wanted me to be, but who I was. And my life truly changed when I connected to who I was. And I did a 21-day online meditation with Deepak, Chopra and Oprah. And that, you know, was 20 minutes every day of meditation but then probably 30 minutes every day of journaling. Yes. And the, que- and the questions that they would ask, about four or five different questions, to unpack who you are then to build and then to build that and, and support you in that growth to becoming who you are uh, and then how do you then implement that into every stage of your life. And I think by knowing who the truth of who you are and then connecting to that, I think it all lies within us. We've just taken on other people's crap on our journey that's not actually ours. We've taken on our parents' stuff. We've taken on our, you know, partners' things. Are they actually, that's not our journey. That's their stuff. They've just passed it on to us thinking that we want it. But do we want it? Let's just shed and peel it off. And then you get back to that very raw state and then you can go, hallelujah, this is who I am. Yeah. Love it. I think that's probably the, um, was probably that changing time when I let go of everyone else's preconceived ideas or Peel back those layers that weren't actually mine because they didn't serve me anymore. They weren't mine to begin with. They were somebody else's.
0: I one billion percent agree with that, and and Mm. that for me, you've you've hit on the crux of you know finding your purpose or connecting to your purpose. Like you said, one hundred percent, it's there within you. It's Mm. just that all this other bullshit has been laid on top of you, yeah. And these societal expectations, peer expectations, yeah, yeah, and. that really is i'm I'm just in the middle of running a coaching group right now and, and you know this this was the hard part for everyone it's like um and i guess this is where when you're getting into like the Jungian psychology of it like it's staring into the abyss you need to stare into those those potentially dark parts of you that you don't connect with and and you've got to try and yeah. work out well is that actually me and if that is actually me and I need to change that, okay, that's one thing, or is this version of me, like you say, being put in there by someone else, and what what I... I mean, one horrific uh, stat that I, I like to pull out uh, every now and then is you look at the top five regrets of those close to death. And number one is I wish to live the life true to myself, not the life that mm. others live for me. Mm. <clears throat> and you sort of go, that's the number one regret of the dying as, as formulated mm. by a lady working in a, in a hospice. And wow. that, that to me is, is is the essence of why so many people are are living a, a life lacking in meaning and purpose because they're, they're living a life to the expectations of a lot of other people. Um, yeah, and, and I genuinely feel this is the this is the taboo topic in New Zealand, in particular, where we have still some of the highest suicide rates for youth mm. and guys my age in you know forties to fifties. And yeah. and I, I think the yeah, the mental health is a part of it, but I think more fundamentally is people just have a severe lack of meaning and and purpose in their life. Um, yeah. and that's sort of part of my mission. Man, that's really cool. Are they are and they, listen, think- there's
1: a wonderful um, chapter. In a book called The Untethered Soul, yes. The Life of Me, I can't remember Michael who, who wrote it. Thank you. Um, but the chapter really kind of goes through the who I am piece and it goes, Well, who we are. And I would automatically in my past go, I'm a mother, I am a businesswoman, I am a daughter, I am a si- sister, I am an entrepreneur, I'm a social activist, I'm a change. I'm all these things, but they're yes. not actually who I am. They're the mm. roles
0: yes. that I'm playing in it's my like life. The personas.
1: Yeah, and then you peel back one layer back and you go, okay, well, who am I? These are my values. I am X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and then it's actually, there's probably four different layers that you actually need to peel back and go, well, to get to that root to who you are. And while I was doing a yoga retreat last year, I probably got to layer three. I haven't been, and I probably need to reread the chapter to reconnect to going to that layer four, but I think that's when those nice awakening moments you get can get to because we're not just the roles we play but we are actually the people that who we are at our core and they're based on values but are they actually our values and are they actually our beliefs that's
0: where you've got to get past and go what what is actually me exactly that exactly and that was a big uh, piece of work for me um if anyone is really curious to, to get into that the one the piece that really worked for me was was a thing called proust's questionnaire i'll put a link to that um oh. in, the, in the notes and uh this is uh, uh, sort of was it marcel proust i think he was like you know the philosopher writer from i think about the late 1800s and around that time obviously there was no facebook and instagram and netflix um mm. so what people would do is they would write um a questionnaire they would, they would come up with a series of questions and then they'd print them off and hand them out to their friends their friends would go away they'd fill out the answers and then they'd come back and discuss them and mm. what's really interesting about prowse questionnaire is it's, it's very uh frequently used by fiction writers to create characters so it's 35 questions that get to the absolute heart and soul of of how do you want this person to think and feel but if you do it in a self-reflective manner it actually gets you to think about, well, actually, who am I? And what do I really think and feel? And this is what I call the authenticity gap. It's like there's this version mm. of me that's being created and then there's this underlying and, and this is where there's some. Uh, there's, I'm part of this group called the Global Purpose Leaders, and we, you know, some some people come at purpose from a spiritual lens, and some people come from, I guess, the rational lens or the, or the psychological mm. lens. Mm-hmm. But in my my experience hanging out with this group, and and, and the more I read about purpose, it, it's like you, you seemingly that the, the 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 more layers you you unpack, you're trying to get back to like the soul of you as a human, like who, mm. what are you? And there's some really interesting you know, theories and research around, I mean, what, um, I have been down a bit of a Jordan Peterson rabbit hole recently. Some people will go, oh, Yabu sucks. Tim's awful for listening to him. Others will go, yeah, he's a, he's a legend. But one thing that really gripped me in one of his, I, I've listened to all his lecture series recently. And one thing that really gripped me was he said, you know, curiosity. You know, like, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, you become curious about something, but you don't know mm-hmm. why that is. Like, Why does something grab you? And, and we, we don't know that like we, we can't, we don't know what that level of consciousness is and why something instinctively grabs you. And and, and his theory is like, that's the basis of the soul. It's like, you, you cannot get more innate than wow. this thing is grabbing my attention. And I don't know why. And yeah. So uh, yeah, you're a hundred percent on the, on the right path, I think on, on what you're doing and, and you're, you're right. You know, this, this is a journey and this is, I guess why I'm saying go in pursuit of this thing, because mm. you might, you, you, you probably won't get to the end of the journey and that's cool. And, that's it, part it, of the fun well exactly and and within that i think that is actually where there's a lot of meaning to be found it's like i, I know that i'm never going to win this whereas i think that's that's my take on the material world of you know chasing the big the big dollars and the big house and and, and all the rest of it is like you can achieve it and that's part of the problem because you've achieved it and it's like well now what mm. <laughs> now i need a bigger one <laughs> yeah yeah Really fascinating. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool that, that you have recognize. And because I, I think there's a a lot of people out there will, will be thinking, well, you know, I've got purpose. My purpose is I work in my bullshit job to earn money to keep my family um, mm. you know, going. And it's like, that's not purpose, that's survival. And, and yeah. it's a very, very di- big difference between... Yes, there's an element of sacrifice and service that you're doing, but that's just called being an adult. Yeah, um, that's, that's not human a purpose. Yeah, that's that, that's human. Whether you were in a modern capitalist society or if you were, you know, in a tribe somewhere in the Serengeti, you'd still be mm. working every day to, to help your, your, you know, your, your family survive. So I think that's a really key thing. Like, if, yeah, if you're listening, if if you think you've got purpose, just really check on that.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, so what, what does purpose mean to you then this, this word, I I feel it's, it's a (laughs) word that's been used by a lot of people. I think, I think if we looked at the Google, you know, search trend of purpose over the last few years, I think it's rapidly going up. So Hmm. what does it, what does it mean to you?
1: Really? For me, it's quite simple. It's just the why it's the why you do what you do um and why do I get up every day to make stuff happen and what do I want to what do I want to achieve and what is that kind of burning desire with me of what I want and what's important to me and how I want to live um and it really is that simple why are we doing what we're doing like if you were to look at any of those fast fashion brands why are they doing what they're doing there's no why behind that that is just making money yeah yeah So, you know, but then you've got these authentic and transparent and wonderful organisations who are, you know, making change in the world and advocating for, you know, social injustices and environmental uh, impact. And, you know, there's a why behind that. And I think in the 21st century we don't have an opportunity to not be building businesses without a true purpose and a purpose is not to make money. That's an outcome. So Exactly. We need to make sure that every organisation that is designed now and in the future or any business that has been designed to date really needs to take that helicopter view and go, what is our reason for being? Why are we here? And how are we actually going to make it a viable product or service that people actually want, people actually need, that the world needs? The world doesn't need more plastic crap. The world doesn't need more products do you know what i mean so we
0: can Ah, 100 we can
1: get back to really simplify simple journey let's do things that people want and need or build services that are a vehicle to change you know you see a lot more when i was speaking to westfield center group for when they were opening their new market um uh, shopping centre, um, we, they were talking about how many more service-oriented businesses that there are. You mm. know, and there's a trend around that as well. When I went back to Australia a couple of times last year and where my gym is, the street where my gym is, they were all used to be physical retail stores selling stuff. Yep. But now they're all service-oriented businesses. They're travel companies, they're eyebrow bars, they're, you know, all the things we need, eyebrow bars, The whole bar for <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about the eyelashes? <laughs> they feel so left out
1: those eyelashes those extensions and all that kind of stuff um so they've all become more service-oriented businesses and i do believe that is the future because people don't need more stuff you know so Mm. i really think you know it is as simple as why and if we continually question ourselves why do i do this why am i this way why 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 we Mm. really get to that uh truth and then being able to build
0: that purpose love it yeah i think uh, 100 percent agree you know it's it's um the, I guess the definition I run with is, is part of purpose is, you know, your reason for being. So it's that why, mm. um, but the other yep. part of it is what's your contribution. And um, yep. obviously being um, a white middle-class guy going to a posh school in, in the UK, I'm a big fan of Jurassic five, um, old school hip hop. And mm. you know they, they have a great song called contribution. And it's quite simply, you know, what you, you either part of the problem or part of the solution. What's your contribution mm. to life. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's so simple. And um I mean, we, cause we met up, uh, in Christchurch a couple of weeks ago um, and we'll get on to why we met up uh, a little bit later on but mm. we had we had a really interesting discussion around um, a big brand called Coca-Cola and you know we we were just sort of saying you know if if you start looking at some businesses like that and you sort of go well actually what is your contribution because you're extracting water from mm-hmm. the planet you're bottling it you're putting it in plastic and i I did see recently that i think it was at least coke new zealand said they're they're not stopping using plastic bottles um because they you know they they don't want to um Mm. and then they're shipping this product all around the world and the product is basically sugar in a can that makes you fat Mm. and gives you diabetes and Mm -hmm. what's what was really interesting is after we had that conversation are you um a follower of mind valley
1: yeah, of course. yeah, yeah.
0: So uh Vishnu Lukiani, the uh, CEO, mm. he, he actually made a video last week and I'm like, damn it, he beat me to <laughs> it. Um, but I think equally I didn't I, I felt like I didn't have the balls to actually go and make that video, but now he's done it, I'm gonna make my own one. Um, yeah, good. And, and he's basically calling them out on the same thing. And I think okay, this is really interesting because people are generally waking up and kind of going, Well, yeah, hey, hang on a minute, actually when I strip away your advertising and marketing and, and you trying to tell me that this is happiness in I can, which is genius marketing. Um, actually, this thing's not good for me and it's not good for my friends and family. And it's not good for the planet. So I think there's a really interesting um, transition where we're going into where there will be some businesses who lose their mandate to exist. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's going to be, there's going to be blood on the floor. You know, there's going to be, unless people, Uh, you know, CEOs and business leaders and business owners realise this. And it's like, okay, well, how do we how do we take what we've got? We've got resources. How can we use those to contribute? Um, What's your thoughts on that?
1: And I think the losing the mandate to exist is a natural culling of business, really. And as we go through different cycles and as we become more educated as consumers and as we demand more information as you know we're we're asking these organizations to show up more it's going to be a natural process for these organizations just to fall by the wayside Mm. to not exist to not exist in the future how the hell excuse my language mcdonald's for example still exists how does kfc still exist you know you think of these huge conglomerates of brands that what is their true reason for being? Are they delivering healthy, nutritious food to adults and children? You know, there's there's so many organisations like that that, you know, that, um, you know, will naturally no longer exist in the future as we become more educated, but we need to continue that education because there's a huge market that's not a, not educated and they still see that McDonald's has white bread and lettuce and meat and tomatoes in their hamburger. So they're healthy.
0: Indeed. And, <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I guess, and, and there goes any like, sponsorship from McDonald's Coke kind of, see, <laughs> for my podcast, but Hey, probably not. Exactly. Oh, Bally's listen, alive, I think so I would have to, I might have to ditch you. <laughs> yep,
1: I might right. have to ditch our conversation. If you do, uh,
0: that would be reasonable <laughs> and, and, and expected. Um, yeah and and it's interesting I think you you, you you know we sort of touched on that transparency point I remember um it was maybe three years ago now um there was a lady actually in Christchurch and she wrote a letter to a farmers the um mm. clothes retailer and, and well yep. a department store for want of a better word um and she was like hey you know I buy my kids clothes from your store um I'm just really concerned as to where you're getting your clothing from Could you please mm. let me know and their reply was, um, you know, dear madam, thank you so much for your letter. However, that information is classified. And you sort of go, mm. hang on, like you're not making, you know, nuclear weapons here. You're mm. you're importing and selling clothes. And if if you're mm. not willing to tell me how, where, when, and why, you know, that's all happening, then I'm going to presume the worst. Yes, um, of course. So. And I, I mean i've also i did some work for a great uh, wee kiwi company called well they used to be called conscious consumers then apple Coco. Mm. i'll put it mm-hmm. another, so many links i'm gonna have to put into the, the notes here um and we had some great conversations with some big retailers <coughs> in new zealand <coughs> excuse me a few years ago and quite a few of them were doing some good um but they didn't want to put themselves out there for fear of being exposed for not doing as much good as they could do and mm-hmm. i find that a really mm-hmm. interesting thing that um whether it's a Kiwi thing, um, you know, we, we're a relatively humble bunch. And we don't like to sort mm-hmm. of talk about the good that we are doing. But I find that quite interesting. And I think it will be interesting to see this year whether more companies do start talking about the good that they're doing and, and, and saying, look, yeah, we know we're not perfect. And I think this is the thing. You know, none mm. of us are perfect. But, hey, I'm I'm every day I'm waking up and trying to do the best I can and make a more positive contribution than I did the day before. Please support me. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting trend to watch this year.
1: And as long as they're on the journey, you know, I always say, you know, organisations come to me and they say, but it's too hard to go on this journey completely. And I say, well, just do 1% this year, do 1% next year. And if in the next 10 years you've done 10% and you've made valid change in your organisation towards that journey, that's a really good start. It's better than better than zero.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: that. And, you know, if you're looking at, say, for example, the B Corp certification, and I think that's a, a really wonderful place to start. And even if you don't want to become a B Corp certified company, if that's not important to you. And it's, you know, from a lot of organisations that I've spoken to, it's not. I can't understand it as much as I preach it. Um, why, why, why you, wouldn't want to go, why you wouldn't want to go on the B Corp journey? Um, but I think it's a really good um, measure of, you know, all those different areas of focus uh, to really start to look at and go, well, I only got for this section, I only got 10 uh, out of 20. So what are the, what is that gap between yep. 10 and 20 that I can then go and work on to make my organisation better? How can I look at how, you know, my workers are, um, what my workers' wages are? How can I look at our water usage and our environmental impact of toxicity and all the different layers that are obviously asking those series of questions? I think it's a really good place for organisations to start to look at the depths of their organisation through the lens of B Corp.
0: Exactly that. And, and I think you're right. You know, if you if you don't start doing this today, you know, it's going to be another day. If not, then it becomes another year before you do start it. And then you're going to be even further behind the trends that, that's happening here. Um, and then you'll
1: just be another one of those organisations yeah. that finds themselves going under
0: and you're going to be a dinosaur
1: and yeah. not understanding why
0: exactly that and i think and you're 100 percent right you know it, it you know this the very word purpose it's it's ethereal it's hard to grasp you know and and i think there are companies there that are kind of like, we know we need to do this but we just don't know where to start and mm. it's just starting you know reach out to a catherine or reach out to a tim or find someone who understands us a little bit more than you and just just start because i think as we've alluded to on the, on the personal side of things um once you get going on the purpose journey, you, you kind of go, go further on the journey. And I think this is the, it's the same thing with organisations. Like, start where you're at. Um, yeah. Just start educating and upskilling yourself and start even yeah. start to understand what purpose is and, and what it could mean to your business. And as you go on that journey, you, you'll then, you know, you, you, you'll be moved then in the right direction and, and the path will unfold. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: And that's exactly, you know, when I was made redundant from that role and I came back and I went to the B Corp, event and I went to the Conscious Capitalism event and I started to connect with more people and I really just wanted to have conversations with those people and I went to 10, 20, 30 B Corps in Australia to learn more about them, what was important to them, what their purpose was, what their drivers were, what their challenges were and really starting to unpack those and then you know I did a university degree a couple of years ago and all the uh, businesses that I put forward as my um, case studies were all B Corp certified companies so that gave me the really the depths and the knowledge to explore B Corp through their worlds and to be able to interview those CEOs and to be able to interview people in those organisations to get to that truth. And I really, you know, I made that my mission because that was important to me and I wanted to learn from those kinds of people. I didn't want to go and learn from brands like Victoria's Secret or uh, Abercrombie & Fitch because they weren't doing the right thing Mm. in the world. So why the hell would I want to study them? I wanted to study organisations that I wanted to see in our future. Nice yeah
0: super cool um so what why do you think why, why do we need purpose like why is it why do individuals and organizations need this stuff
1: why do we need purpose that is a very good question it is quite a hard <laughs> thing to articulate i feel uh much happier living and breathing My purpose every day, living and breathing based on my values, making conscious decisions based on my values, not working with certain organizations because of those things and making harder decisions based on that. So, I think the reason why we do need purpose is to be happier as humans. And I always thought if I could walk into an organization every single day and every single person in that organization was happy. Imagine what our world would look like if every person in our world was happy and we unpacked their stuff and they were all living their purpose and they were all working with organisations that were, uh, you know, living their purpose. And I just think that we would create a world of happier humans because they were doing things that they loved. Imagine an entire organisation doing what they loved. Imagine how productive they would Mm. be if they were doing what they loved. So I think, you know, for an organisation, if you want to, create happy productive healthy work environments that you know get more shit done basically <laughs> then purpose is a key journey to that and human purpose and self-actualization is a key to that as well because if you don't support people to find their self-actualization they're not going to help your organization to find their that self-actualization
0: love it and i think you you're 100% right again you know uh, we we can barely comprehend how amazing a world of fully you know aligned um integrated humans all acting out from a place mm-hmm. of you know love and connection and service mm. and contribution like we we we've never i i don't feel i don't know maybe in prehistory maybe we did have a time like that and we and we don't know about it but certainly you look throughout you know recorded history there doesn't really seem to be a time or, um where we can clearly identify where this has been the case. Um, and I think I this, that, definitely agree. Yeah. That's my kind of call, call to humanity is, you know, you, you've got to go and do this stuff, but it, as, as we both know, it's hard. Um, yeah. You no, know, cause, cause you've got to basically unpack the, mm. more than likely the world that you hold to be true currently. Yep. It's not true. Um, Correct. And we don't like doing that kind of stuff. We quite like, um, you know, Going and doing something else instead, like maybe self-medicating or watching mm. Netflix or whatever. Mm.
1: And I think what you said before about looking at it from a place of love is a key part to that. And I always use the quote by John Mackey when John Mackey and um, from Whole Foods in the US, Whole Foods Market in the US, was sitting under the willow tree with Oprah on Soul Food Sundays, and she said, "What's love got to do with uh, business?" John. <laughs> And he's like, love has ep- absolutely everything to do with business. And if you were to go to any CEO in the world and go, well, if you just bring some love into your business, they'd yeah. go, this woman is on drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I truly believe if we could build more love and more happiness into our businesses that people would be happier, more content, more productive, you know, so that love piece is such a crucial part of connecting mm. people and building great relationships why can't we build love into organizations and love with purpose
0: exactly because i think you know the the other path doesn't end well you know the the constant uh competing against others for you know pointless outcomes um uh, you know yeah pe- people doing relatively pointless you know the rise of the whole phenomena of bullshit jobs where you know pe- mm. people are just i mean there's there's a really horrific stat from the uk it was a a british government poll about three years ago i think um 40 of those surveyed felt that their job provided them with no meaning and they actually Mm -hmm. felt the world would be better if their job didn't exist and then we and then we wonder why we have you know a a mental health crisis and a suicide crisis it's like Mm -hmm. to me it's seemingly obvious um maybe that's maybe that's a t-shirt we should get made up you know less spreadsheets more (laughs) love (laughs) Every, every, Definitely. A spreadsheet today and go and hug a hug a colleague, but you know, right, It is interesting that it's um, you know the, the idea of loving people at work. When you or I say it, it, it seems quite natural. But when, mm. like you say, you, you, you imagine that at a high level board meeting of an NZX listed company, and that that would probably come across as relatively woo woo. But you sort Absolutely. of go this is this is a this is one of the most basic human needs just to, yeah and you know my take on on why a lot of people are living you know this life of rampant consumerism and, and materialism is it's that deep-seated need for love and approval particularly 100%. from from parents who yeah. may or may not actually have given that approval in the right way and like, literally you know you didn't get enough hugs as a kid yeah. um and that that is co-opted by the world of marketing to to make you feel that you know if i just get that you know, new jacket, or if I have that car, um, people will like me because i, I they'll think I'm a better person because I can afford this brand new thing and, mm-hmm. I, and I look good in it. Um And I, and I genuinely feel that, that that love and acceptance and, and connection, human connection is, is the antidote to that. That's like, I'd, I'd love to get to a point where I have enough money in my business to start buying up advertising space. And instead of having the, you know, buy this shit, your life will be better. It will just have like, finish work early today and go for a walk in the forest with no yeah. with no with no advertising on it although i've given the game away now if i do that you'll know that it was me <laughs> <That> was you. <laughs> you know or you know just ring a friend you haven't spoken to for five years you know instead of going going for that beer or or buying that new thing and you know whatever um it's interesting but
1: human it- connection
0: yeah what a crazy idea um, it might catch on um I mean okay. it, it, because it, I, I do you know I, I grew up in the i guess eighties and 90s in the u k and and I wasn't really cognizant of you know people like Margaret Thatcher at a at a high level, but when you look back and and you, and you look at that kind of reagan Thatcher era and and one of margaret Thatcher's you know uh, big slogans was there's no such thing as society you know it's all about the individual and, and you just go how how wrong can you be we we are essentially smart monkeys that came out of the trees and now have ipads and netflix you know we we are a connected tribal animal that is yeah. all about connection and and working with each other for shared outcomes
1: um, yeah.
0: yeah it's fascinating how um, how we've been duped i feel into <laughs> <laughs> into something hmm. uh, yeah very cool um now one other thing that you you've mentioned a few times early on is is this well a couple uh, two or three things really but all, all kind of interlinked i feel was time reflection and in particular journaling mm. and that's mm. something I, I, I'm I big on getting uh, coaching clients to do is like just start putting your thoughts down on paper and get getting all this stuff out um was there anything specific within that that you felt was particularly useful to you or any tips or tricks that you can lay down for people who mm. are thinking about embarking on that kind of pursuit?
1: Well, let's start with the time piece. Um, So I was at a ComBank, which is the ASB over here, Mm -hmm. uh, a Women in Focus event nearly two years ago. And at the end of the amazing three days that we spent up in Byron Bay together with 200 other women, um, she said, one of the um, facilitators said, if anyone's looking for more space and time in their life, I offer um, coaching on this topic. And I was like, as a mother of two small humans, I need more time and more space So of course I put up my hand and I said yes I will lock in that session with you Um, and it was through that conversation she just was you know asking me lots of questions that I'd already asked myself over the years uh, but probably hadn't unpacked in detail but what was important to me how did I want to spend my days why was I doing the work that I was doing when I could be doing other work that was far more valuable and had more meaning what did I want to be doing? I wanted to be spending more time with my kids. My daughter said to me after I'd gone to Melbourne 500 times that year, when are you going to spend quality time with us, mum, and ha- not, oh, have wow. to go, not have to go away every week? And I thought, wow, when am I going to spend quality mm. time? Because these years are absolutely going to fly by, and that was a catalyst and a reason yep. for us to move to New Zealand, that I didn't have to work as hard and I didn't have to, you know, be spending my life in a car, running my children from one place to the next, and I was able to give them more time. We had more time to be able to travel and go on adventures together, more time to, you know, be outdoors and, you know, just being, just being present. Um, and so that time piece, we spend our days just doing stuff that we possibly don't need to be doing. So actually looking at your day and go, okay, well, here is a diary of all the different things that I've done today. What is a process of elimination? Outsourcing everything. Outsourcing someone to fold the washing for you, outsourcing someone to cook for you if you can, outsourcing stuff to someone to clean the house. If you can pay someone $25 an hour to clean the house, that is far more better. That's a far better use of mm. their time than your time because you want to be able to do things. If I could spend that two hours spending that time with my children playing tennis, I'm going to be able to build that, those memories and I'm building better humans for the mm. future and I can get somebody else to do those other things for me. So it's really about identifying what are we spending our time on and how can we get support for other people to support us on those things where we can then allow that time to spend on the things that are important to to you and whether that's about working and building a, a business or whether that's about spending more time with your family or whether that's about booking trips away and weekend adventures. So it's really just about making that diary is the kind of practical part making a diary of how you are spending your time and that's hour by hour if you need to one hour i folded washing two hours i cooked dinner three hours i did da, 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 da and it really you break that day down and mm. you look at that in a week <clears throat> and then chunk that together and go who could i get to help me so that i can outsource some of these things so that i am finding more time in my life basically and it's the model of the 4 hour work week really mm. by t- yep. by tim ferriss Um, And I guess on the journaling uh, part, I probably started journaling when I started reading Robin Sharma's uh, books like The Saint, The Surfer, and The CEO, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, all of the great Robin Sharma books. Um, And, yeah, I've just, I've journaled through some traumatic situations in my life. I've journaled through pain. I've journaled through happiness. I've journaled through my Meditation. I've been doing meditation now with Deepak and Oprah every three months. There was a free 21 day meditation, and you journal throughout that for 21 days and you unpack stuff. And I, you know, the interesting thing for me about journaling was that I started to see patterns.
0: Yes, I think that's the key.
1: Patterns of behavior, patterns of response, patterns of things that I wasn't happy with. And I thought, how am I continuing to repeat the same stuff throughout the year? I need to then identify what is the core of that thing that keeps coming up, that that pattern is that trigger, and then actually going and doing the work on that and unpacking that through my through my journaling. So I've been journaling for years and I've got my favorite journals. They're a company, I think originally a Swedish company, it's called Bookbinder. There's one okay. in Melbourne, but you can buy them online. One in Melbourne, and I bought them in Stockholm as well but just beautiful lined um, hardcover uh, material material journals. And I've tried to use other journals. I was like, oh, I don't need to spend four, $40 on a journal. I'll just buy a $20 hmm. one. And I, I never end up using the $20 one and I go and buy myself another book binder <laughs> because I just don't like writing in the other one.
0: Mm. Um, they just,
1: I, yeah, I, they're a nice think, state of flow.
0: Well, I think that there's a, with, the, with that last comment, there's an element of um, – so I have, I have a nice fountain pen. It didn't cost mm. me too much. Um, and um, I'll, I'll do a shout out to Michelle Sharp from, uh, she's now at Vodafone. Um, she and I both have the same uh, moleskin um, mm-hmm. uh, notebook and, and we get the one that's got dotted, it's got dotted squares so that it can either be squares oh. or lines. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's our go-to. But I think there's an element of um, you're valuing your the, the content of your own mind by utilising you know, what the most expensive form of paper and pen that you can afford. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm valuing my own content as opposed to uh, I'll find a scrap of recycled Mm. paper before it goes in the bin and I'll use a biro to scribble a thought on. That's, you know, that's like the the last minute shopping list.
1: (laughs) It's the journal that is the greatest psychologist. So if you pay a psychologist $250 an hour, you may as well buy yourself a $250 $50 journal book. <laughs> Yeah. because yeah. it really is the greatest that and running. I always found to be really yep. great psychologists.
0: Yep. hundred percent. But cycling mm. for me. Um, oh, no. I'll, I'm going to have to, there's so many notes I'm going to I'm gonna have to put your book binder in there as well and, and everything. Um, but I'll do another shout out to a guy, Bill Courtright, who um, he said he's, he's keen to be a guest. Um, so I need to get him booked in, in a future episode, but he has a really cool process. Um, Uh, which I'll link to where, which, which kind of through journaling, but also just through the journaling, you become hyper aware of that voice. Um, And it's all about calming that ego, calming that trigger, calming that behavior that is instinctive that, you know, pops up. Um, for some reason and trying to work out, okay, well, why is that? And is that, is that a learned behavior? And I, mm. I, for me, I had a lot of triggers that were very much learned behaviors from um, either or both of my parents. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just, you just learn to react in a certain way to a certain, you know, uh, trigger. Um, mm. Or is it that, it's, you know, is it something more innate, more instinctive that is a part of my personality just based on, you know, genetics and, and who I am that needs mm. work? And I think that that for me is the crux, and, and but it's the hardest part it's the hardest part to self-examine um, because we don't mm. want to, we don't want to typically do that. Um, so good on you for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's why you're an amazing human because yeah. you're doing all the hard work. Do the mahi, get the treats of being a great Yeah. Human.
1: Well, it's that, I've it's seen. that hard work piece. You know, there's yep. probably not something that I spend that much work on and that is that self-development. Like if I was to look at my bookshelf, it really is all self and, and personal yep. development um and probably you know health and nutrition but it's but it's generally about self-awareness and self-exploration and mind stuff that i'm probably most fascinated in and if you do commit and you do do that hard work you do tend to you know come out the other end a much happier and better better human i would exactly. say
0: exactly a thousand percent agree thousand yeah. percent and i think this is um when you uh, i don't know if you've listened to any jordan peterson um or no um, but i want um, to Joseph Campbell. Um, so mm. I guess Peterson is a bit of a disciple of Joseph Campbell, um, okay. all about myth archetypes. Um, mm. And I guess getting into a bit of Jungian psychology stuff here. But it's, as, as he says, you know, or as, as they kind of collectively say, it's this idea of the hero's journey. And, mm. you know, um, all the major films that, that are hyper successful and, and the two that are most, uh, well, three that are, that are the easiest to identify for, for Kiwis listening, you've got The Hobbit. Um, franchises and the Lord of the rings um you 've got Star Wars and you 've got harry potter and and all of them are a deep um exploration of the hero 's journey and mm. you know them being called to um slay the dragon metaphorically and um you know th- this is the the archetypal story that that i I think has been laid out is the one that we all need to go through and and I think in the mm. modern Western world. We're we're lacking that. We're we're lacking that narrative of being told that you need to go and slay that that internal dragon. Whereas I think I haven't done the research on this. It's something I'd love to go and go and do is is looking at um, maybe I mean, certainly in other, um, you know, tribal based uh, uh communities the the particularly for males you know the idea of the of the male initiation ceremony you you might have to go and and wander for for many days or weeks and survive by yourself but at the same time you know you're sitting in a cave with your, with your own thoughts and the mm. shadows are jumping out at you and you're scared of the noises of the wolves or the lions or the hyenas it's like you're slaying the dragons you're, you're coming mm. to terms with all that mm-hmm. you are not currently um wow. and, and i kind of feel this this is this is where mm. the purpose can fill that void in, in the modern, in this modern world. That's certainly my theory and my hope. Mm. And, and I see that and, and I, I feel that's your story. That's that's what you've done.
1: Yeah, very interesting. And I guess what, you know, in the Entrepreneur Women with Purpose piece that I've launched, the hero's journey is such a crucial and fundamental part of the foundation of that project because I really wanted to highlight and share more women's stories in a more yep. meaningful way. So all yep. of our speakers for the series of events, um, they are all telling their story through the lens of the hero's journey. Fantastic. So what was, what was their call to adventure? What mm. were some of the trials and tribulations that they faced? Have they looked back and gone, what the hell am I doing, for example? Yep. Uh, what have some of the learnings and experiences been? What is their, you know, what is their future plan? Uh, and what is their call, call for action? What is the, What are the changes that they're wanting to see in the world? And I'm surprised, actually, you know, probably not so much with the speakers because they're all quite very quite on that journey. Uh, I've been surprised when I say to people, have you heard of the hero's journey? Is I'm surprised of how many people don't. Yeah. Um, and I think it's such a, uh, you know, I think that would be really something to highlight uh, and share with your audience too, you know, what is that true narrative of that story? What is our story? And mm. how do we share our story in a meaningful way that connects, that people know that we are, real i was only talking to ian harves, harvey sa harves from collective intelligence and he's like oh i'm so glad you called about this because now i realize you're actually human because at some point i was thinking holy hell this woman is superhuman she's not <laughs> having she's not having to deal with any crap in her life um and you know then when you share what that truth is and you share some of those trials and tribulations that you're going through that, that you've been mm-hmm. through we all connect. And going back to your piece about connection before, that human connection, because everyone's walking around in the world going, oh, I, my life is amazing and I've got my shit together and I've yeah, got yeah. dinner today. Everyone's got something. Everyone's got exactly. shit to deal with. Yeah. And...
0: Thank you, Facebook, for, for purporting I that know. mystery, <laughs> that bullshit. I know, but yeah. you've also got to share the bullshit as well, <laughs>
1: yeah. you know, that there isn't. I'm never going to go and share, you know, lots of the layers of complexity that are going on in my life and the traumas and all of those things because I don't think I need to share that baggage. I'm the one who has to deal with all of that stuff. And that's where my journal has been a great uh, psychologist for that. Mm. Um, And I don't think I need to go and share those things. But if you share snippets of it, people go, holy hell, she's human. She really is human. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that's a big thing. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I I wanted to bring it up. uh, What you said earlier on about, you know, the kids program you were doing and and how, Mm. you know, different um, backgrounds, socioeconomic groups, cultures, what have you still having the same problems. Yep. And, and and this is the thing. And I think that's why the hero's journey is archetypal. And, and I guess the, the definition of archetypal as I understand it is it's like it's a it's a truth beyond which there is no further truth. It's it's as true. Wow. It's a truism as far as you can get in that, you know, that story. And, and, you know, I'm I'm not a religious person, but when you start overlapping the idea of the hero's journey and then you overlap that onto the Bible and particularly, the you know, the New Testament stories of, of Jesus, you kind of go. Well, that that is the archetypal archetypal story. It's like, yeah. here is a guy who was, suff- you know, who had some amazing ideas, but had to suffer for his ideas, and you know, was mm. willing to literally to make the ultimate sacrifice, which is which is part of the hero's journey. And, and you see that in Harry Potter, where he dies and he's transformed out of fire. It's like he's a phoenix.
1: Mm.
0: Um, <laughs> but and I think this is the thing: like these movies are so popular because instinctively we understand the journey that they're going on. But we kind of think that we're going through that journey, but actually, if you if you did a self assessment of your life, you know you're not Harry Potter. You're the you're what's his What's the the evil dude? Um, I can't remember his name now. He's in you know the boy no with blood. Anyway, you know never watch them. <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's more likely that you're not Luke Skywalker. It's more likely mm. that you're one of Darth Vader's henchmen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you think you're living a life of purpose and you think you're being a hero in your life, but actually, if, if you do the Mahi, if you sit down and reflect on Actually, what contribution am I making in the world? It's more likely you're one of Darth Vader's henchmen pressing the buttons on the Death Star, rather than mm-hmm. you know Luke Skywalker Chewbacca or or Han Solo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so very true. So very true.
0: So yeah, is it really cool? So um, on uh, entrepreneurial women with purpose, um, mm. got you plug time. Uh, tell mm-hmm. everyone more about this amazing event, which apparently has got some really, awful, awful really uh, amazing dude helping with it as well. <laughs>
1: So I guess I'll take you back to where it started. Um, And it was, you know, really me reaching out to, as I did with you when I reached out to you. I think you were one of the first people that I connected with in New Zealand because I thought, where am I going to find like-minded people? And I went straight to the B Corp website, found out all the contact details for everyone who was a B Corp certified company and I rang them to have a conversation. And then, of course, those conversations led me to other people to have conversations. And I would say that I spent most of my year of 2019 in a conversation with not much of an intention, but just to build relationships and have those human um, human connections. And while I was having all of those conversations, I was realising there was a common thread. Really great, successful and profitable businesses, um, but they were all doing something for the greater good of the world. And whether that be social impact, social awareness, uh, solving different social issues and or environmental issues, that um, each of those organisations was doing something for the greater good. Uh, of the world and then but i was also realizing and i think this is an aussie versus new zealand thing is that australians seem to shout from the rooftop about what they're doing whereas new zealanders really? are a lot really, really? i know it's, we it's interesting that. i know <laughs> <laughs> um that new zealanders are a lot more humble about you know sharing sharing their stories and i thought well i think you know these stories really need to be told because there's some really great and wonderful things happening we really need to be able to shout those a little bit more from the rooftop um and then at the same time I was talking to you know much bigger brands like New Zealand Post and uh, Vodafone and Zero and they are all trying to connect to women in a more meaningful in a more meaningful way. So it was mm. really about a combination of how do I bring these two things together? How do we share interesting women's stories? How do we support them in amplifying their stories to create growth in their organizations, but growth with purpose? Um, you know, as we spoke about at the beginning uh today, is really What's the point of creating a mega business and a huge enterprise if we're not doing something that actually solves the world's problems or, you know, is attributing to, you know, higher um, high, high impact? Um, so it was really bringing those two things together. Uh, and so we launched a series of events uh, which are happening, happening this March across New Zealand in Auckland, Auckland Christchurch and Wellington. And really bringing together like-minded people. We've got five speakers in each location. Uh, We've got a wonderful purpose workshop that Tim and I uh, will be doing together. And then we're also hosting a speed dating session. I think the speed dating session probably, for me, is the most fun part of the day. And we've left it to uh, just before lunch to host, host the speed dating session. But really what that is, if you think about what speed dating was before Tinder and eHarmony and those kind of digital brands came out, Uh, It was about humans connecting to meet each other, to form relationships. So each person will sit across the table from one another. You'll each have 10 minutes with five different people on your table. And really those sessions are about connecting, exploring, having conversations, building emotional connections and relationships with the view that the intention to come out of that. If we build these connections and we build these relationships, it's much easier to then go and build a business partnership or create a collaboration or doing something that's meaningful. So any of the collaborations that I've done uh, the last couple of years have really been off the back of building those wonderful connections and building those wonderful relationships. So each person, each um, group of people on the table has a set of question cards on the table and they pick up one of those question cards and they ask that other person across the table. So it's not about hi, Tim, how are you? Hi, Catherine, what do you do with your days? Mm. It's more of a deep and meaningful conversation. So tell me about one of the key failures uh, in your business or tell me about the most successful um, journey or, you know, tell me about a trial and tribulation that you've faced in your organisation. And there might be tears and there might be laughter and there might be, you know, so we're really wanting to find those deep and meaningful relationships. And um, Ian Harvey from Collective Intelligence is hosting that session of the day. Um, And when I was talking to Harves about what the questions would be and exploring that with his facilitators, which which is what we're doing now, one of the questions that I had thought, he thought it was a bit too um, harsh to start in this way, but um, tell me a story about the last time you cried. Wow. And so, you know, we, that's what, that was one of the questions that I started with. Um, and then at the end of our discussion, he, and so I said, so, Harves, before I let you go, I've got one more question for you. He's like, Oh, sure. And I said, tell me a story about the last time you cried. Nice. And he just went, <sighs> Okay. And he had the balls to share it with me, which I was so – and that really built our friendship and relationship and, you know, a a wonderful business relationship that we do have. And I think that really supported the foundation of, um, you know, building that wonderful connection and building that wonderful relationship. So – and I'm really excited to have them as I am you guys, to have um, them on board as as a partner for Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. But I guess beyond, you know, the events, we want to be able to have $30,000 to invest into UN Women New Zealand or give it, not invest, but to give to UN Women New Zealand as a, uh, as a contribution that, you know, from every ticket that's sold that we'll be able to give that um, profit to UN Women. And that money goes towards uh, women's economic empowerment into the Pacific Islands. Uh, and then off the... Off the back of that, really, you know, the big kind of bigger picture view beyond the kind of storytelling and story sharing and bringing those organisations together is that we're looking at setting up a microfinance fund to support women in the Pacific to get access to small business loans and also an impact investment fund for women here in New Zealand to give them access to good quality uh, green funds for growth and for the greater good uh, of the world in um, in their business journey. So there's kind of a long-term, long-term view, which, you know, but the first part is really the launch uh, events that we're hosting uh, across the country in March.
0: Wow. So just a quiet 2020 on the cards for you then.
1: <laughs> Very quiet 2020. And try and spend some good quality time Sorry. with my children.
0: That's the balance. That's yeah. the balance. That's the balance. Wow. No, that, it's going to be an amazing um, session uh, well, group, group of events. Um, and I'm really uh, grateful for you having me a bit part of it. Uh, I think it's going to be, um, yeah, some real high energy. and I think, yeah, can't wait to see what comes out of it. But I think you've, you've hit on something really important there as well. Well, two things, you know, Kiwis are super humble. Um, and if you're working in the kind of do good space, you're typically the hum- more humble. So you've got like, this double layer of humility that um, we need to try and crack through and that. And that's I, you know, similar for me. It's a big reason why I'm tr- doing this podcast is just highlight people that are doing good and have been on this journey. And it's like, let's just raise the profile that there are, there are people yep. out there doing this. So um, don't be afraid of giving it a go. Um, Cause you know, uh, there's not much you will lose by, by giving it a go. You'll just have immense growth and more than likely come out a way better human, um,
1: way better human, but okay. also um,
0: the whole idea of collaboration. And I think um historically, the the CSR world or sustainability world I think that's just been rife with competition and it's and and I see this I'm doing some consulting work uh, with a charity group at the minute and you know that the, the not for profit sector is more competitive than the for profit sector you know because everyone's scrambling mm. for funding and, and money. Yeah. And and I think that's a real it's almost like some kind of messiah complex that that, I'm going to be the one that saves the world. And Catherine, you need to be number two or number three, because I want to be the one who saves the Mm -hmm. world. And And I think the real risk there is business as usual just gets to go. Well, you lot haven't got your story straight. You're not you're not organized. So we'll just keep doing what we're doing until you kind of get your shit together over there. And so having these kind of events where, you know, we're we're, we're collaborating and you're asking other people to collaborate, I think that is the key. And and it's one of the bedrocks, really, of, of, you know, the B Corporation movement is, you know, Mm. how do you you work with your industry peers to create positive change rather than competing against each other to sell more shit that people don't need?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that competitive landscape is becoming a thing of the past. It definitely still exists. And I do believe that our futures are going to be formed by collaborations. You can only see that in the amount of mergers and acquisitions that are going on in the world these mm-hmm. days that, you know, the power of bringing lots of interesting organisations uh, together, um, you know, speaking to the guys at Icebreaker the other day who are now owned by a much bigger conglomerate out of the US yes. called VF, VF yep. Corp. And um, they were acquired because of their purpose, you know, and because of, um, you know, what they what they stood for and them wanting to go on that purpose journey for all of their other um organisations within their business. So, you know, that's just um an interesting an interesting view that much larger organizations are um taking part in this piece and seeing it as a a valuable offering.
0: Could not agree more. Yeah um well we're pretty much up to the hour mark and i know that well clearly you are a super busy human you've got a lot of stuff to get on with just in for february and march um and no doubt you've got a lot of other stuff um so yeah look thank you so much for agreeing to be be on here i felt like i've learned a heap more about you um and i just think and
1: likewise you... i've learned lots of things from you i've been taking lots of different notes about all the <laughs> all the things that you've been mentioning for me to explore and and uh tap into and learn more so i'm excited to get all those links in the bio um, of all these different things that we can all learn more about.
0: That will be my job for the rest of the day is finding all these links I have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
1: send, I'll send you a few too.
0: Also, that'll be fantastic. But, hey, look, thank you so much. And, look, just keep on. I cannot wait to be a part of uh, Entrepreneur Women With Purpose. And I just need to confirm yeah. live on air that I don't need to wear a frock, do I? I can turn up.
1: Absolutely, in, uh, absolutely. No, you we'll, we'll take you as you are, <laughs> as to who you are.
0: As exactly. Real Real dis- me. It,
1: the real you will take you as the real version of you. Wonderful. I think I'm I think I'm pretty much there. Good. All right. Thanks, awesome. Tim. Cheers, Catherine. Cheers. Bye bye.
0: And that's a wrap. Hey, thank you so much for listening in to my podcast. As I say, I'd love to know where you are on your journey in pursuit of purpose. And if you've got any questions that you'd like me to try and answer for you or people you'd like me to interview on this podcast, please do let me know through a message or a comment. Also, do connect with me on other social media platforms. You'll find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and on YouTube. For more information about me and what I offer through my business, Grow Good, you can also go find me at www.growgood.co. That's growgood.co. If you want to get in contact with me, my email is really easy, tim at growgood.co. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, go well and keep on pursuing your purpose.